0: chapter 2 and verses 7 to 15. And this is going to be a topical message this morning, more than an expository message. An expository message would look at the specific verses in each one and what they mean, uh, or the theme of those verses. And I've elected this morning to take on a different kind of task which is five other names for Jesus the Christ and Doris is already racking her brain to think of what five names there's going to be. Uh, It really is a, a difficult task because it's not because there are not five other names, it's because there are so many other names for Jesus the Christ. And so when I, when I said five, I was having mercy on you uh, because there's, there's such, a, such a list of names that have to do with Jesus that are descriptive of what he does, of, of what his, his uh, sojourn on earth accomplished for us. And who he is when he came here. Uh, So uh, that being said, we'll look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 7 to 15. You can stand with me if you wish uh, as we read these verses. So it's talking about Jesus. And I will put the name there at the beginning of verse 7. Jesus made himself of no reputation, but took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling." For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Bow your heads for prayer. Lord, we especially ask for your help this morning as we undertake an impossible task, which is expounding on the wonders of our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray, dear Lord, for your special direction and help as I do my best, dear Lord, to encourage and direct these people, dear Lord, in the way of God. We ask all these favors in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. And so uh, I said, "There's there's such a list of names." Uh, I thought possibly of going through some of the some of the list of names, but I don't think I'm going to do that. I think I'll just uh, choose some. And one of them I'm going to use today, of course, we could look at our, we could look at our scripture and uh, we could see that uh, we know that one of those that Jesus referred to himself as was the son of man. Uh, and that's where it says he humbled himself became obedient unto death. Uh, even the death of the cross, uh, he was, ma- was made... In verse 7, in the likeness of men, uh, Jesus referred to himself often as the as Son of Man, didn't he? Uh, he did not often refer to himself as the Son of God, but he did. He did refer to himself that way, but not as often as Son of Man. He emphasized his humanity, that he was, he was as human as you and I, uh, but he was divine and it was it was a perfect uh, fusion of both God and man. Uh, so as one preacher said it, he wasn't half God and half man. Uh, he wasn't he wasn't uh, most of one and, and a little bit of the other, but he was hundred percent man and hundred percent God and uh, we cannot explain that or understand all that, uh, but he was. Uh, We could also look here and uh, see that uh, he's also called Christ the Lord. So that would be a name, but that's not what I'm preaching on this morning. He is the Lord, uh, and that is what God said that he is going to have that designation, because that is who he is. So, uh, he, the Apostle Paul, who wrote this letter to the Philippians, the church in Philippi, uh, you remember the church in Philippi, Do you remember how the church in Philippi came to be? Uh, maybe you do, maybe you don't, uh, but I'll tell you in a minute how, how it came to be. Uh, the scripture says uh, that God is working in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So God's working in your life, if you're a Christian this morning, God is working in your life. Uh, doesn't mean you've got it all uh, arranged the way it ought to be, but God is working in your life. and. Uh, when, when we fail, uh, look at what it says. For God which worketh in you both to will. Both to will. So that means you want to do what's right, don't you? You want to live for the Lord. You want to glorify the Lord. And, and we certainly ought to have lives that, as verse 15 says, that you may be blameless and harmless the sons of God or the children of God without rebuke. Uh, we live in the same kind of culture as what Paul is referring to here. Uh, he says that you live in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation or people. Uh, is, is our culture crooked? Um, people are more liars today, openly, unashamedly telling lies, uh, just barefaced lies, things that can be proven to be lies when recordings are played or when there happens to be an open mic, you know what I mean, where the microphone is on, somebody's talking and they're saying things they would not say publicly, if they knew it was public, but they don't know it's public, and so uh, they're saying things that they they would not admit otherwise, and so, yeah, we have more lying that's going on, we, we have more perversion, uh, perverse being things that are against the law of God, the rule of God. And so he said it's a crooked and a perverse nation. Uh, but what does he say about us in that part of that verse? Uh, he says, Among whom ye shine as lights in the world. For you, so you back up to verse 13. For it is God which worketh in you both to will... So you want to do what's right. You want to follow the Lord. You want to be obedient to him and to do of his good pleasure. And in the verse prior to that, he says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So uh, we, all have, we all have things that we have to determine. Is this the right course? Am I, am I doing the right thing? Uh, is this going to glorify the Lord? Uh, the way I handle this, the way I do this, is this going to bring glory to God? So we work, we work it out. We do not work it in because Jesus has already saved us, but we work out our own salvation with fear and trembling because Jesus has saved us and made us different. And then we shine as lights in the world. So we are letting those around us know that we're different by the way we live and by sharing also about Jesus Christ, about what he has done in our lives. And so uh, I have to tell you, I, I, I had to... Switched things around, and I looked at things, and I wondered, do I want to? Is that where I want to go? I decided I was going to go with a with a very popular name for Jesus, and we have sung about it this morning. In every one of the songs that we have sung, we've sung about it. So, do you know what it is? (laughs) It's Savior. It's Savior. so that that is a very appropriate way. It is the name of Jesus. Uh, recall when uh, the Scripture speaks about Jesus that uh, uh, he will he will be called uh, Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Uh, and 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 Jesus actually harkens back to the Old Testament name of Joshua. So if you're reading in Hebrews, there's one place that the people that translate should have used the name of Jesus, but they accidentally put the name of Joshua. Uh, It's the same name in in the Hebrew, uh, but... They should have used the name Jesus for our translation. So maybe you've read across that. I didn't look it up this morning to tell you, but I can tell you pretty quick where it is. Uh, so uh, it says words like this for uh, if, uh, I think it says for if uh, Jesus would have, or if Joshua would have given them if Jesus would have given them hope, I better not say it because I'm not getting it right. But anyway, maybe that will spur your curiosity to see where the preacher can't, can't remember exactly. But I don't want to tell you wrong. So, Savior. Uh, so every one of these songs that, that we have sung uh, talks about the Savior. Uh, even that one about coming to your table, Lord. And I wonder, is, is that going to miss it? Uh, we come to your table, Lord, but it's in there, uh, saved at last. Saved at last is what it says. Uh, I think it's the second verse down. Uh, so if you look, if you look through that list of songs, and of course they're off the screen now, and you don't have them, but uh, I happen to have them, and there's a there's a page number there. If you all want to. If y'all want them after service, I can give them to you, but I think they'll come back to you uh, when when uh, we, we think about standing on the promises of God our Savior is what it says, uh, but then uh, it refers to Jesus. Certainly not doing any disservice to God the Father or Christ the Son when you refer to them because they're one in what they accomplished along with the Holy Spirit. Uh, and uh, wonderful. Uh, so maybe I better give them to you because some of you are wanting to know what they are. 367, standing on the promises. 192, glory to his name. And Josiah never conferred with me about this. So these songs Josiah picked and they have the, the name of Saved or Savior. Uh, here at the table, Lord, is page 71. Wonderful is 191. And so all of those songs have, have a reference to being saved or Savior. And uh, that is what we used to talk about Probably more than anything else, back when I was growing up, was for people to be saved. For people to be saved. Um, I visit with people. Sometimes those people are not very interested in being saved. Uh, They want a generic prayer for them to get better. They're not really interested in spiritual things. They just just want their physical to be touched. And so they ask the preacher. You know, a lot of people don't even want the preacher to come and pray with them. So if somebody wants the preacher to come and pray with them, I try to get there to pray with them because that I look at as at least an open door where I can witness. Uh, But one man that I think of that wanted me to come and have prayer with him, and I went and had prayer with him, Uh, but he's not really interested in anything beyond just a generic prayer. Uh, He believes, you know, that uh, prayer could make a difference, so he wants to take advantage of every opportunity to beat the problem that he has physically. Uh, But they're not too interested in being saved. Uh, But I found that when uh, When I go and talk to these people and have prayer with them, I try to introduce things that maybe they're not thinking about. They're not thinking about being saved. They're not thinking about being born again. Uh, But that's something they need to know about and consider. And who knows what the Holy Spirit will do when the preacher's not there because we're supposed to sow seed, aren't we? And so that's, that's throwing a little seed out and hoping that the birds won't snatch it away and that it won't fall on hard ground where it will not germinate, but where they can think about what they need to do to get things right with the Lord. So uh, being saved and I told you this, the Philippians. Do you recall what happened at Philippi when uh, Paul was crossing over, and he saw a man uh, saying, "Come over into Macedonia and help us." And he went. He went over, and according to the book of Acts, he crossed over. And the scripture says that. Uh, they, they broadcast the word of God. And recall that there was a demon-possessed woman that followed them. She was a fortune teller. Remember? She was a fortune teller. And she was saying, these men are the great power of God. As, as uh, Paul and company went through the streets. And after many days, Paul became grieved. How many of you know that what the devil wants to do is make it look like everyone that has any kind of spiritual inclination at all, we're all the same. Uh, we're we're people that, you know, we believe in a higher power, and and so we're all the same. And that's what this girl was doing. She was following them, and she was making like we're all the same. We're all all in this together. Although she was doing her uh, fortune telling by the power of Satan. And so Paul rebuked her. And and I'm just telling you an abbreviated story here because uh, the people that were making money off of her, she was a white slave traffic person or a slave traffic person. I'll say I'm not sure if she was a white slave or not. Uh, being over from the east. But uh, the people who were making the money off of her saw to it that Paul and Silas were locked up. And the Bible says that when they were locked up, that they began at midnight, after they had been beaten, they began to sing praises to God. And they could carry a tune, the original language indicates that the prisoners heard them and were they were pleased at what they were hearing Uh, it wasn't like they they couldn't carry a tune Uh, so the scripture says at midnight god sent an earthquake and the jailer of course he wasn't watching watching cnn or uh, he wasn't on his cell phone. He wasn't on his smartphone. Uh, he was sleeping, and the scripture says <coughs> that when that earthquake came, it was a it was a supernatural earthquake. It did what no normal earthquake could do. It not only shook that jail to its foundations, but it opened the prison doors. And it also loosed the bands that had them chained. Everybody, not just Paul and Silas, everybody's bands were loosed. And the jailer realized that everyone was free and he was going to kill himself because that's what, that's what the council of Philippi would have done to him because he let the prisoners get away. He would have to die for that. And so Paul... Paul said, Do thyself no harm. The Lord must have revealed to Paul what he was about, what the jailer was about to do to himself, because uh, he said, Do yourself no harm. And the scripture says that the jailer called for a light then, so he didn't even have a light. He called for a light and sprang in, and he said to Paul and Silas, Remember, what did he say? What did he say? You all know what he said. What did he say? Somebody be bold bold and tell me what you think he said. Yeah, but that's that's later. That's later. That's later. What am I preaching on now? What is this first thing? what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? And the Bible says, like Doris said, that they instructed him and he invited them to his house. The jailer did, and he washed Paul and Silas' wounds, and salvation came to that house, didn't it? Came to those people and to that family. So, I couldn't, I couldn't get past, even though I didn't have it in my original outline as being number one. I, I, I thought this has got to be number one. Savior to be saved, and uh, it's, it's the great, it's the greatest thing, folks, to be saved. Uh, I've told you before about when I worked at the Humble Oil Station, and This uh, my my manager there was a Christian. Uh, Irwin was his name, and uh, this little guy came in. I suppose he might have been seven years old, maybe eight. He wasn't very old. Anyway, he had a bold testimony when he came into the service station, and I don't remember what provoked him to say anything. But he told Erwin, he said, I've been saved. Now, you think about it, a kid to a stranger. I've been saved. And my manager, although he was a Christian, uh, didn't give the kid an easy time. He said, uh, saved from what, son? And the little little guy said, saved from hell. (laughs) Saved from hell. (laughs) He shut my manager up right now because he wasn't, he wasn't bashful at all about saying that. But we know we're saved from sin, aren't we? We're saved from sin, and that saves us from hell. Uh, we're saved from the grip of Satan, and we are put into the care of Jesus Christ. So uh, there's there's one that uh, that I thought I've got to go with that. Now... Another one I want to go with, another name uh, for Jesus, uh, you'll find in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 45. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 45. And this is what it says. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. And the last Adam that we're talking about is Jesus. He is the last Adam. And so when we talk about the first Adam, we're talking about our forefather, aren't we? And our, our forefather messed up and took a forbidden fruit, whatever the sequence was, Uh, how he happened to do it is immaterial because he knew he wasn't supposed to eat of that, whatever that fruit was, and it's still debated on what the fruit was uh, that he partook of. But when he did, the Lord told them that in the day you take thereof, you will surely die. But we know that Adam did not drop dead, did he? He lived many decades past that, and uh, was able to reproduce, uh, have, uh, have a family, have crops, uh, lived out a long life, but he did die in his spirit, in his soul, he died, and that vital communication that he needed with God, he violated that. And had it not been for God's provision, he would have died on the spot. But God slew animals, didn't he? And where Adam and Eve were clothed with fig leaves, the Bible says that God clothed them with skins. And the only way you can get an animal out of the skin that I know of is to uh, do away with the animal. And so... Uh, that that would rile up the people that are against using furs. Uh, but uh, that's what God did. God used the fur of these animals to clothe Adam and Eve. And so we have Adam violating and bringing the whole human race into the bondage of sin. And then the, uh, if you want to call it the virus of sin, if you want to call it the DNA of sin was in our system. And the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. <clears throat> and we needed somebody that would come and stand in the place where Adam was that could correct that. And the only one that could do that was Jesus Christ and the scripture says, and you notice in my title I said Jesus the Christ. Now you'll find in the Bible it says Jesus Christ. It also says Christ Jesus, doesn't it? But every time it says that, it's saying the Messiah. Christ means the anointed one or the Messiah. Jesus is his earthly name. And so uh, we see that uh, there came a hero then. And that hero is Jesus, who came in the place of the first Adam, where the first Adam failed, and the second Adam was more than conqueror. Uh, He is a quickening spirit, the last Adam. And so sometimes he's called the, the last Adam, I think there's some songs that call him the second Adam. Uh, So uh, he he is our example. He came and stood in the place where Adam in the garden failed. Jesus went to the garden, and Jesus was successful, wasn't he? Adam failed in the garden, but Jesus was successful. Adam was shut out of the garden, wasn't he? Remember when they put this, when God put the flaming sword there and uh, the guard, the seraphim, to guard the gate so they could not get back in the garden and eat of the tree of life. But Jesus is taking us back to the garden, isn't he? Because in the book of Revelation you find out where there is no more curse, and where uh, there's the river of life that flows from the throne of God, and where everything that Adam lost, our forefather, is regained in Jesus Christ. So praise his name for that. And then another one that I want to use is that he is called our shepherd. He's called our shepherd. Uh, Over and over again, you find where he is referred to as our shepherd. Uh, And so uh, the scripture has several references on this. Uh, How about uh, Psalm 23, 1? The Lord is my shepherd. But David didn't know Jesus, did he? I mean, as a prophet, he did. But as a man, he didn't. So, uh, number three, I'm using shepherd. And uh, David was very uh, explicit in what his shepherd did for him. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Uh... Uh, I can go through the valley of the shadow of death. Isn't that great? And some of you have been in places where you're in the valley of the shadow of death. And if you know Jesus, there's a calming that comes to you when you're going through that. You know Jesus is with you. I told my heart doctor. I, I love my heart doctor at OSU. I've got, I've got one at Marysville, and he's a great guy, too. Uh, but uh, the doctor at OSU was going to do an ablation on me. You know, that's where they go up into your heart and burn it. And they're trying to kill an errant signal that's making, a, that's making an extra beat. And uh, they do other things with that, too. But uh, go up through a big uh, artery in your leg. And sometimes they do it different ways today. But in that day, it was, that was 2008. And Went up into my heart. I, uh, I didn't know that they were doing everything they did. They didn't ask me about it. <clears throat> I just knew they were going to give me an ablation. But when, uh, when they got through, they had put three tubes up in me. Uh, not just one line. Not, not just one electric line. They put three lines up in me. And when they came, uh, they put so much blood thinner in me. Because you run a risk of getting a blood clot. And uh, the nurse at OSU came in. She said, I don't know how to take these out. I've never seen three. And evidently they couldn't get to the spot they wanted with one. So they ran another one up so they could run it a little different place in the heart. Then they wanted to go to the other side. So they put another one up in me. And she said, I, I don't know how, to, how I've never done three. And she called another nurse. And that nurse said, I don't know how to do it. I've never, I've never pulled three. They called a third nurse in, and the third nurse said, you just pull them. <laughs> I wish they'd give me a little painkiller, <laughs> but they didn't. <laughs> they jerked those lines out of me, and then they come down as hard as they could, clamping that artery so it wouldn't bleed to death. And uh, I didn't bleed to death. I survived (laughs) but yeah it was uh, it was quite an experience but I told the doctor when I was going into that when he was gonna do that I said doctor you do the best you can and if something happens that I don't come out out of it it's okay because I appreciate what you're doing and that's just the way I felt about it I just felt like I was in the Lord's hands, and whatever happened was just going to be okay. Well, that doctor and I have been have been good friends. He told he hung around the hospital. He was going to go have surgery, and uh, he hung around when he knew I was in one of the rooms. Uh, a nurse practitioner was helping me, and she said, uh, "Doctor uh, has hung around so he can see you," and he told me he was going to have surgery. And I said, Doctor, I want to have prayer with you. <laughs> so I prayed with my heart, Doctor, for the Lord to be with him. And he, he's still alive and practicing. He's a great guy. So, uh, and he believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. Not in our denomination, but he believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I praise God for him. So, uh, yes, uh, we have a shepherd who is with us. Uh, one who is there all the time for us. Uh, Isaiah 40, verse 11 says, He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. (coughs) Jesus said then, didn't he? Remember what Jesus said. And bless your hearts, those of you that try to answer these questions, you know, I could, I could help you out some, but I'm, I'm teasing your brain trying to get you to remember. And so you don't have to worry about not coming up with an exact answer. At least it makes you think. So Jesus said in John chapter 10 and verse 1, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. And so uh, there's other references that he gives Uh, about his being the shepherd Uh, Peter says in 1st Peter chapter 2 and 25 for you were as sheep going astray but now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls and so you know that the name pastor actually means shepherd don't you it actually means shepherd so, the third one I chose is shepherd. And it doesn't necessarily go along with my outline, but that's the one I chose. Um, and so, uh, we, have a great, we have a great shepherd. And then, the fourth one I want to use is our high priest. He is our high priest. Um, what, a, what a wonderful... What a wonderful thing that we have one who, unlike Aaron who failed, we have one who is our high priest and we do not have to go to an earthly man in order to have our request relayed to the throne of God. So we have we have Jesus as our high priest. And when we talk about Jesus as our high priest, <clears throat> the Bible says that we have a high priest that can be touched with the feeling of our weaknesses and our failures. <clears throat> and so he knows, he knows all about us. Um, he knows he knows our failings and he knows because he can be sympathetic to us in all of our problems Um, Hebrews 2 17 says uh, it it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren like unto his human the human people that he was ministering to as he was a man also, and that's, I'm adding to this, I'll read it without adding my words, where in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of his people. And so when we come to the altar and pray, if If we use the mourner's bench, we call it the altar. It's really a mourner's bench. Jesus is our true altar. He's the one that we come directly to. And he is there to make reconciliation, to bring us back into right relationship with God. Uh, And that verse that I was telling you in Hebrews 4.15, we have not an high priest which cannot be touched With the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. That's Hebrews 4.15. And if you jot some of these things down when I give you references, if you look them up after service and read them, uh, it will help you. It will strengthen you spiritually. So, Hebrews 4.14 saying then, seeing then we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Uh, Jesus is there waiting on us to come to him. Uh, And Hebrews 7.26 says For such an high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, made higher than the heavens. Hebrews 8.1 says that he is set on the right hand of the majesty in the heavens. We have a great high priest, folks, and we have one that loves us and cares for us and can do for us what no earthly priest could ever do. And the last one I want to end with, number five, because I am keeping count. And I told you I narrowed it to five so I could have mercy on you. Uh, And that is that he is our king. He is our king. And so... Uh, the scripture tells us uh, when he came into Jerusalem, they hailed him as the king, didn't they? Um, and he's, he's called the son of David because of his kingship. Uh, he's following in the footsteps of his father, David, so to speak, even though he was before David, and he is also called the, the root of David. <clears throat> And that's quite a statement when the Bible says he is the root and the offspring of David. Uh, He's the one that started David on his course and he's he's the one that was promised to come from David. So, the, the scripture tells us that he is going to be inaugurated as being the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so uh, when we we come to him and realize that we are on the the right side of how society is gonna go, they just don't know it yet, but we're serving one who is the King and he will be crowned, and we will be there. And in Sunday school, when we were talking about the great rejoicing going on around the throne of God, uh, I noted there will not be any protesters there. There's always somebody looking for something to protest, to be unhappy about, uh, because you didn't represent this group, uh, you didn't represent that group, you said something we didn't like. But praise God! There won't be any protesters. It'll just be praise and glory to God for the great things that He has done. Um, we we know very well when we come to Christmas time <clears throat> the scriptures that have to do with Jesus being the King, uh, where it says. Uh, of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David, the throne of David, so it sounds like a king, doesn't it? And upon his kingdom, there's kingdom, to order it and to establish it henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Um, and uh, Daniel 7:14 says, There was given him dominion, and glory, and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. <clears throat> Remember what Nathaniel said in John 1, 49? Nathaniel answered and said unto him, after Jesus said, I saw you before... Nathanael ever saw Jesus? Jesus saw Nathanael under the fig tree. And the scripture says Nathanael said to him, Rabbi or teacher, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. Well, we believe that. Uh, Pilate had a struggle with it. Uh, are you then a king? Uh, you say, I'm a king. Who told you that? My kingdom's not of this world. But he was receiving a kingdom, and that kingdom we pray in the Lord's Prayer, don't we? Don't we? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He is the king. So there's five, and like I say, I started out, I thought, how can I get... How can I get a whole bunch of these? And I just felt like, no, you shouldn't do that. You ought to just pick five of them and enjoy yourself. (laughs) Walking through and talking about the qualities of Jesus in five specific ways. And so how, how wonderful it is to live on this side of the line when Jesus came into this world. And we can look back. And see what he's done. Those that lived before he was born could prophesy about it, but they could, not, they could not understand all that we understand as we look back at it. Praise his name this morning. Will you stand with me? <clears throat> if you have a need of prayer this morning, we'd be glad to pray with you.